0: Come, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Open our hearts and minds that we may hear your words. Amen. 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 Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is the first line of chapter 11 in Hebrews. This is one of those verses in the Bible that is frequently found on t-shirts or coffee mugs, perhaps framed and hung on the wall. Many of us have our favorite verse from Scripture, and perhaps this is yours. It can be comforting to have it visible in our home or office as a reminder of whose we are and what we are called to do. So please, don't hear me saying that this verse shouldn't be on your coffee mug but this is one of those verses that has also been used as a weapon as a bludgeon against others it is one of those verses that taken out of context can give the impression that God is telling us that we aren't allowed to have some of those very human emotions doubt, fear, anger, resistance or we can have them But if we do, then we are not faithful people, and certainly not good Christians. This is one of those verses that helps me remember how important context is. So let's begin with some context. Hebrews, the so-called letter to the so-called Hebrews, as one scholar famously put it. It is neither a letter nor was it written to people for whom Hebrew was their primary language. They were Greek speakers. The title was assigned much later by those who compiled the Bible, not by the person who wrote it. And we do not know who wrote Hebrews, although scholars are very sure that it was not Paul. Rather than a letter or epistle, this text is more of a sermon. So, You get two sermons in one service today. It seems that it was written by someone in the first century who was attempting to begin to define what it is to be Christian. And this brings me to another point. It was written by an individual with a particular point of view, a particular way of seeing the world, and a particular understanding of Christianity. So while it isn't a bad thing to have chapter 11, verse 1 from Hebrews on a t-shirt, it is important to not just stop there. I know you know this, but it doesn't hurt to be reminded that each book of the Bible is its own independent thing, telling us something about our world, ourselves, and our divine creator. And when we read the books of the Bible in conversation with each other, they encourage us to ask questions. Reading in conversation with the text allows us to pick up and examine aspects of Christianity from different sides. In this instance, we can use this text to help us more fully understand what we might believe about faith. For the author of Hebrews, faith encompasses endurance, trust, and hope. For other authors, Paul, for example, faith was deeply connected to righteousness. But for this author, to live by faith is to endure hardship with confidence and boldness, never doubting the divine promise. So if we only consider Hebrews when we are thinking about faith, then we come away with a one sided view of the concept, one that might lead us to concluding that things about it, th- concluding things about it that could be harmful to us. It isn't that faith isn't about endurance in the face of hardship. But it isn't only that. If we just stick here with Hebrews, then we might be tempted to tell ourselves or to tell other people that doubt has no place in faith. That if we question God or are fearful that God isn't with us or are in a phase of our lives when we don't know if we actually believe what we say we believe, then that might mean that we're not faithful people. But Hebrews is just one author, just one perspective. It is important perspective, sure, but not the last word. There are plenty of illustrations in the Bible that tell us that doubt and faith can and do often go hand in hand. Peter, for example, the rock that Christ built his church upon, frequently questioned Jesus. He denied Jesus. He had doubts and wonderings. He's the guy that asked Jesus a question, Jesus answered him, and then like two sentences later asked him the same question again because he doubted. Jonah, one of my favorites, runs in the opposite direction when he's called to be the prophetic voice by God. He doubts his ability to do what he has been told he has to do. He is afraid, and he attempts to run away from his calling. Now, this doesn't work out really well for him, but he does it anyway. And he's still used by God as a prophetic voice to spread what God needs to spread to the people of Nineveh. So just as Peter's denials do not keep him from being the rock, so too our doubts don't keep us from being faithful people. So yes, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But this does not mean that the person who is faithful can't also be full of doubt and fear at the same time. Questions and full of anger at the same time as being faithful. I have to be reminded that like Sarah and Abraham, I too am faithful because it can be easy for me to buy into that t-shirt version of the text, the version that leads people to say things that they believe are helpful, but usually feel pretty crummy when you're on the receiving end of them. Things like, faith is fear that has said its prayers, or any number of platitudes said by very well-meaning people while attempting to comfort someone when faced with that person's ambiguity or unsurety about a situation especially when they don't know what the path forward is when they're wondering where God is in something on a recent episode of the podcast Radio Lab I heard a woman talking about the fears that she faced when her son was born with severe physical challenges it's not that she struggled with loving him or wanting him but with doubt and fear about herself Was she up to the task of raising this child? Would she have the ability to do what needed to be done? In the end, she said, I suppose I just have to step up and make it happen. And I really can relate to that sentiment. When faced with overwhelming things, most of us doubt our ability to do the task in front of us, especially when that task involves completely uncharted territory. We turn in faith to God, hoping for things unseen, the ability to rise to the challenge, to do what we couldn't ever imagine we could do. That faith doesn't mean that our doubt leaves us. That faith doesn't mean that we are perfect and we don't get angry or question or want to sit in our closet with the door closed and scream. Or laugh hysterically. Sarah did that. When confronted with becoming a mother years after she had given up any hope of that happening, in Genesis 18-12, it tells us that Sarah laughed. And I know there are some of you that probably read that text and think of it as a chuckle or a laugh of pleasure. But I read it and think Sarah broke into hysterical gales of laughter at what was going on in her life. Not a quiet, calm acceptance, but a what the heck is going on here kind of moment. The author of Hebrews holds up Abraham and Sarah as examples of what it is to walk through life by faith. By faith, they were able to face leaving their homeland and wandering as nomads for the rest of their lives. By faith, they were able to become parents very late in their lives. By faith, they assured their children that someday they would receive the land God had promised them all those years ago. By faith, they set out on a journey that had no end in sight, with no concept of where it would lead or what would happen. It does not say, by faith and without doubt. By faith and without fear. By faith and without anger. When read in conversation with other biblical texts, this passage tells us that, yes, we are to live by faith, a faith that is rooted in hope, endurance, trust, and knowledge that we are not alone, but also that people of great faith do doubt, get angry, and have fear. Why else would we be told over and over and over again in every book of the Bible, Do not be afraid. That's not the kind of thing you say when you know people aren't afraid. It's what you say as an assurance that fear isn't necessary when you know that they are afraid. And it's not an admonition to never experience fear, just an awareness that fear isn't necessary. So what do we do with this text? What does it tell us to do? It tells us to walk forward in faith despite fear despite not knowing, despite doubt, despite confusion, despite whatever human emotion we are experiencing. None of those who ventured forth in faith knew where God was taking them, any more than any of us do. But if we trust scripture, then we can see that walking forward and living our lives by faith will lead us towards God's plan for us. For me, faith is crossing a river. The river is wide, and some days the water is rushing and other days it is calm. I am on a rock in the middle of the river. I am standing here, and I know I am meant to cross to the other side, but the next rock hasn't appeared yet, so I keep doing one next right thing until the next rock appears And then I step onto it. I expect it will take me the rest of my life to cross this river. But I live by faith, hoping for the next unseen rock to appear. And it always does, eventually. But I know the whole path. Do I know the whole path? No. Do I know what the other riverbank looks like? No. No. But I do know that I love the river and I have work to do one next right thing at a time right here on this rock and I trust that God will make the next rock appear when the time is right. That is what living by faith means to me. And I would encourage you to explore what it means to each of you. What does that look like in your life? We step up and we do the work We testify with our lives to hope, a hope that we do not have, a hope that we live. Some days I do that full of fear. Some days I do it full of anger. Some days I do it full of joy. God is there in it every day, and I have faith in that. But the faith I have does not mean that I will get what I want or even that I will get what I have been promised. Sarah did get a child, but her journey, if you've read the rest of Genesis, was fraught with jealousy, pain, a great deal of suffering. Abraham's descendants did become the people of Israel, but he never reached the promised land. He was destined to journey, but not to arrive during his lifetime. This does not mean that Abraham and Sarah weren't faithful. Not getting what we want or what we believe we should have does not mean we've fallen short in some way. That's just not how God works. None of us is perfect. Neither was Abraham or Sarah or any of the other folks in Scripture. If today is a great day and you've got this, that's wonderful. But if today is a day that feels hard, and you have fear and doubt, please know that you are no less faithful than on those days when things are easy. We are doing this. You are faithful people doing this thing. One next right thing at a time. By faith. Amen.